0: What are you gonna tell us, tough Guys? My usual. Zero, nothing. As soon as I hit record, I got a glimpse of the mustache that I'm rocking. It's the only part of the uh, it's the only part of my face that really flaunts any kind of facial hair. I was a late developer, and I just I've always said I can't grow a beard, and I sat down, and I turned the light on, I pressed record, and I saw that I've I've got a dirty mo. And I think if, if there's one element of facial hair you don't want it's it's probably the mustache I think because no one's no one's overly attracted to it it's just got it's got 70s porn star vibe a little bit so now I'm not 100% sure whether I've made a mistake pressing record and having this attached to my face but nonetheless we're we're here now um actually I had a shaver I was ready to go and I was on a phone call via Zoom before and I had the shaver sitting back next to this vinegar girl. and I thought what a strange thing to have in the background of your podcast studio so I've, I've moved that for your sake but ladies and gentlemen it's the pop culture podcast we're back we had a week hiatus last week was a uh, last week was a mental week i'm not 100% sure why or that i didn't get it done but uh, there was a little bit going on i had my best mates bucks it wasn't really a bucks as much as it was just a little getaway down in in lawn is what we're saying anyway because uh we weren't 100% sure. He didn't know how uh, how many people to invite. He didn't know whether it's just the bridal party, whether it's the the whole crew. So it was just me, him and another mate. We went down to Lawn for the long weekend, which was, it wasn't a long weekend, but we made it that. We hadn't done had a boys trip in a long time. It's funny when you get old and you get married, you, you just start to notice little things like that start to slip away from the schedule and it's strange. I'm not 100% sure. We went down to IGA, which is the, the local community grocery store down there, and when we were there, he goes, what do you want? I go, I've never thought about this since I've been married. I've never had to go to the shops and think, all right, what, what do we actually need? What's going to help me get through the next couple of days without starving to death? And it was a very uh, it was a very concerning thing, so I just bought 15 mandarins, 12 apples, and a few bananas. I thought, that'll be fine. <laughs> That's going to be fine. That'll get us through what we need. You forget about little things like that, I think, when you're married. I think when you're married and you've got a wife who just takes care of it for you, I go, well, I don't have to think about stuff like that. Someone said to me the other day, how much do we pay for our house? I said, I don't think we pay for our houses. What do you mean pay for your house? We just, we just live in it. They go, you've got to pay for your house, mate. I go, I'm pretty sure we don't. I've never ever asked any, I've never heard anything about us having to pay for this house, I'm sure that we've got some crazy deal going on because uh, because that's just not a conversation that takes place at the Popplestone household. He goes, Tys, ask your wife, sweetie. We we pay for the house." She goes, "Of course we do, of course we do." So what about the lights and stuff, furniture? <laughs> it's uh, it's quite it's quite revealing. I don't know what would, what I would ever do if something happened to my wife. It'd be a it'd be a long way back to the top. It'd be a long way to um, you know. There's a lot of stuff I'd have to figure out. I don't know who I pay uh, electricity bills to. I don't know who our plumber is. I don't know any of that and I don't want to. It's it's very boring. It's ve- Do you know there's so many things that you can have in your head. There's so many different things you can think about. That why why would I think about who to pay the electricity to? If Jessie's happy to do it, I'm happy to roll with that. I'm not ha- I'm not sure if she's happy to do it, but she does. And so I don't want to bring the conversation up in case she says, "Well, how about for a couple of years we we let you have a go because the one bill, the one bill that I'm in charge of is my Optus bill, my mobile phone bill. And that, that I always get a $15 late fee because I just, I just, I'm not sure. I just can't be bothered with it. I'll get a text message. They say, Hey, yeah, your, your phone bill's due. I go, okay, no worries. Disconnect it. They never do. And then a month later they go, well, okay, it's an extra $15. And I call back and I go, what's this about? They go, well, Tice. You've been a member with us for 10 years now, mate. Every month we have the same conversation. Just pay it on time and we'll stop giving you fees. I go, mate, you always say that. They go, we do because you never do it. You write it down and do it. I go, all right, next month. Next month's coming around. Because I was getting concerned. I was getting confused. My phone bill was supposed to be $45. And then I'll get the I'll get the little receipt in my text message and they say, um, okay, it's $60. I go, why? They go, it's late, Tice. It's just late. It's... I'm not sure what you're supposed to say. I think this isn't really a sales pitch. Obviously, I'm a married man, and and I know what I'm saying right now. It's not the most attractive thing for any female listener to hear. But what I'm saying is, uh, is I've married up. I've married a woman who concerns herself with these things, and I'm grateful for it. It's it's weird. Like we're, the whole time we're away, we just ate out. Boys are boys are so much easier, I think, to work with than girls in the sense that. Boys go, okay, we're not going to think about it and we'll just, last minute, we'll decide what we're going to do. So we got to the hotel and we're like, what do you want to do for dinner? And we're like, oh, we forgot to get a place with a stove. Let's just eat out. And I said, stupidly, absolutely ridiculously. I said, well, this one's on me. You're always getting dinner. You're always paying and it's your weekend away. You're the one getting married. I said, hey, this is on this is on me. Where are we going? And we're going to, uh, I think it's called Adris or Adras or something. It was like a Greek restaurant down in Lawn. You Great Ocean Road folk will know what it is that I'm talking about, but it was a—I mean, it was a nice place. But the—I pro- get frustrated at places like that because here's the deal: it was $200 for, for dinner, which maybe I wanted to get fish and chips is the thing that would have been 40, maximum 40. And it was one of those—it was one of those wanky kind of places as well. It was one of those places that they know they can take the piss with how much they charge based on the fact that everyone down there's on a holiday. They're just, uh, no one really lives there. There's like a hundred houses in lawn and they're all three million dollars. No one's buying a house in lawn anymore. Not because they don't want to, just because just cause they're gonna have to work for the next hundred years for their income annually to be able to pay for that. And, and and so we got the piss taken out of us. I sat down, I said, mate, let's let's go nuts, let's have fun. He had a, I'm, I'm not a big drinker. He had a beer, he had a wine. I ordered the fish dish. He ordered a steak. Uh, we got a couple of entrees. It's the only thing that annoys me about the fancy restaurant. The fish was beautiful, but I was so hungry. It came out. It was $44. It came out, and there was there was four little tiny fillets and, like, a sliced piece of orange next to it. I said, mate, is this round one of the meal, or what's the, what's happening here? Is this everything? He goes, that's everything. That's the, uh, the fresh whiting fillets. Uh, Caught out of the uh, you know the ocean just across the road and fried to perfection. I said, I don't care I just ate it in 12 seconds, and I'm starving Is there anything else he goes oh you get the bowl of potato chips for $15. I said how how big is the bowl mate? How big is this goes it's just a small bowl. he bought it out. It was half a potato It was half a potato that had been fried really well. And he said, oh, but this one's done in a specific way which allows for the flavours of the potato to come in. I said, "Uh, but potatoes are eaten purely as a carbohydrate. No one's eating them for flavour. Why did you tell me that it was a reasonable size? Can you, do I not look like a decent-sized human to you? I can't handle that. When I go to a restaurant and they're trying to charge me $50 for two pieces of fish and I leave starving, I get angry because the truth is I would have been satisfied to have Wheat Bix for dinner. It's one thing I've never really understood when my friends want to go out to a fancy restaurant. I go, okay, we'll do it. But I just want you to know that the pleasure of your company is not going to outweigh the disgust that I feel towards all staff, both chefs and just the waitresses uh, for the price that they've charged me for that fish. It wasn't as good as the price, but I get it. They've got to make up for lost time over COVID. These places shut down, but I I don't want them to do it at my expense. As I say, hey, if you ever ask me out for dinner, don't, if I ever say I'm paying, which is you know I'm I'm going to try and be good to my mates. I'll try and do it when I can, but if I ever say I'm paying, don't don't take me to a fancy Greek restaurant because I don't care about $50 fish. They could have honestly charged me $50 bought me a whole snapper, complete fish, and I would have been pissed off because I could eat a snapper easy, not bragging. It's just I just want you to know where I'm at when it comes to nutrition. I have no trouble getting through a whole snapper. I don't even think, like, a whiting's not an overly big fish. Even fully grown, I don't think they're that big. And this, I don't think this was a full whiting. So when they brought it out, I thought, mate, okay, well, whenever the waiter is carrying out plates, he's got six in each hand, I go, well, make them heavier. Put more on them. It's all, people are giving him a round of applause to say, oh, well, look at this guy, bravo. Look at the way that he's carrying those plates. It's sophisticated. No wonder we're paying so much for the. I go, no, no. If those plates were heavier, you wouldn't be able to carry six, dickhead. So load them up. Give me more food. I'm not paying you to starve. I didn't say any of that. I just said, that was a good meal, wasn't it? My mate goes, it was exquisite. <laughs> he didn't say Exquisite. But he bloody loved that meal. He, he appreciated it more than me, which you would if you weren't paying for it. Because I thought, I was doing the maths in my head as we were eating it. I was like, this would come to about 100 bucks. This was when we were walking to the cafe. Then I looked at the menu and I thought, oh, mate, if he gets a drink or mains, oh, I'm in a whole lot of trouble. It was one of those dinners as well where they sat down and they said, would you like water sparkling or plain? My friend, before I had a chance to go, what a stupid question. Just give us plain. He go, a sparkling, please. And then what what's the deal? We I hate the I just hate the uh sorry, I'm coming at you with a little bit of aggression today. I'm not sure where it's come from. I I thought I was in a good mood and then I pressed record, saw my mustache was disgusted and started yelling. It was one of those restaurants though where they they put the they put the wine in the cup and they say, "Okay, sir, before you before you purchase this glass which is $25. $25 for a glass of wine. Get stuff. Guys, let me make sure it's, uh, you know, up to your standard. So he put it in the glass and swirled it around a little bit. And I go, mate, you, you've, I've never, you don't even like, what is this? I had a wine with him three hours earlier and he didn't swirl it in a glass. It's purely a, it's a facade, isn't it? I don't care who you are. This is a facade. If you're one of those people who swirl a wine around in public and you don't do it in private, you should be ashamed of yourself. You're, it's a despicable act. Everyone knows it as well because you. It doesn't matter how confident your face looks. Everyone looks at you and goes, what, "What's really happening in that swirl? Not much." My mum drinks wine like the best of them. I've never seen her at home sit down at the table, swirl a glass of wine around, and go that. She'll just pour open the cask, break the silver bag, and just start drinking it without a straw. I go, Mum, I'm not sure that's how it's supposed to be consumed. She goes, it's delicious. And I, re- I honestly respect that behavior more than I respect people who swirl it in a glass. Honestly, I wanted to break the glass over his face and stab him in the stupid jugular. I was <laughs> I was furious. Not furious. I'm, I'm exaggerating. I'm trying to be funny for you guys. But I was. I was a little bit furious. I was I was just embarrassed. I was like, oh. And we were confused as a couple of gay blokes as well. We j- of course we were. We were dressed up nice. It was just the two of us. We, we, it, was, it was funny because I was having a chat to the waitress and I, I was convincing myself throughout that conversation with her. I was like, Tosh, you've still got it, mate. I reckon this chick's half-interested. Brazilian girl. I would never pursue it. Obviously, I'm happily married. But it's just it's nice every now and then just to, just to see if you've still got it. I'm not a competitive runner, but every now and then I just like to put in a couple of surges on my run just to remember what it felt like is what I'm saying. And so I was doing some of my best work, a surge, if you will, during the conversation. I thought, you know what, Tice, if if you wanted to, I didn't. But if I wanted to, I reckon I, I, reckon I had game, set, match. I was I was in form. It was one of those kind of nights. Jokes were rolling off my tongue. She was very relaxed. And, and then later in the night, just as we were about to pay for the preposterous bill, preposterous in its entirety bill, $200 for fish fillet and a piece of a cow. And wanker wine that my friend swirled around in a glass. She goes, uh, "She goes, oh, so do you guys live here?" I said, "Uh, what do you what do you mean?" She said, "Oh, do you guys have a house here together?" I said, oh, "There's there's been something that's been very confused throughout this conversation. Do you think we're a couple?" She goes, "Yeah, yeah, you look like a nice couple." I said, "Look, stop. I'm married. Been for I've been married for a long time. I didn't tell you that based on the fact that I was trying to see if I still had it." My friend's getting we not we did you think we were gay she goes I, I could have sworn I I would have backed my I would have put my life on the fact that you two were gay I go stop what what are we doing what is it about us that gave this vibe that you were gay and she said to be fair it wasn't so much your friend it was more you like the way you laughed and you you're very uh I'm not sure, you're very expressive when you talk. Your hands were moving in a way which I thought only a homosexual man's hands would move. I said, what does that mean? She said, you talk more with your hands than you do with your voice. I was like, okay. Was that it? She goes, no, and you also touched your friend a lot. I said, well, how much attention were you paying to our table over the course of this dinner? Because, because you're coming at me with information that even I didn't really know about myself. She goes, every time you made a point, he touched his shoulder. My friend was like, oh, you're disgusting. I said, well, stop. You didn't notice till now. You were pissing yourself through dinner. Anyway, so it was, it was weird. I came off as one of those, I came off as a homophobe because I I protected myself too strongly. It was one of those moments where I was like, I can't believe you would think I was one of them. Disgusting. (laughs) That's that's horrific that you'd even assume I was one of those types. I only got the meat because it was the, I don't know, it seemed like the most reasonable thing. Not because I just needed... I'm not sure I was trying to make sexual rift just there, but it didn't really work, did it? Because... Just having meat in your mouth. I mean, if it was a sausage, I could have made that joke, but even still, grow up, Tice. Even still, but you can't. As my mum used to always say, never let a good old sausage joke pass you by, my boy. I said, mum, it's a disgusting thing for you to say. You're 53 years old. She goes, I know what I'm talking about. I said, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear about your filth. Uh, we, my mum and I, we never had a conversation like that, not in our whole life. And and now that she's not here to defend herself, I've just made a, I've just made a call like that about it. it was, it's disgusting, and i I need to have a break for a minute. But it was a it was a good weekend away. After that, once we uh, clarified the fact that we weren't a couple of homos, homosexuals, because we're in Melbourne, can't be saying homos. Couple of homosexuals, the weekend got better and better. Another one of our friends came down, I think it was the following night. Um, so it looked like she just thought we were having a grinder party. <laughs> we, <laughs> we went out for we went out to the pub meal the next day. This is the thing as well, it, it's bloody expensive when you when you go away and you're just eating at pub meals at a holiday destination. I went to this place and I'm, I guess I'm mostly vegetarian. I'm not vegetarian, I just told you about the fish dish that I ate. so you clearly already knew that, but we went out to a pub meal. I looked at everything on the on the menu, and I thought, well, there's nothing here that I want. So I went up to the lady behind the counter. I said, look, I don't want to be difficult, but is there any chance... There's no vegetarian options on your dish, uh, on your menu. Could, could you do me a favour, organise a rice and, and, like, a vegetable salad? She goes, I don't really know what you mean. I said, well, I don't know how to put it any more simply than that. I just want rice and vegetables. She goes, I, I honestly... Um, we don't have that on the menu i said well, yeah i know this is why i'm speaking to you about it because what, what i'm hoping that you could do is is just do something and the meals were the meals were all compared to the night before they they weren't disgustingly priced but they were pretty high for a pub meal And so, so essentially I ordered a bowl of rice and a side of beans is, is what it came out of. The beans were delicious. I'm not sure how she did it, but, but that was $38 as well. And I'm not sure. It just, I think, I think when it comes to it, it wasn't the best weekend away from the perspective of food, but uh, from the perspective of exercise, we had a great time. Mostly I'm a size 10 foot and I don't have a bike. My friend's obsessed with cycling. He's six foot four and size 13. So he said, Toss, don't worry, what we'll do, we'll go for a ride along the Great Ocean Road, and, and you can just wear my shoes. I said, well, it's not going to work because you're size thirteen. I'm just gonna I'm gonna look like a clown in those shoes. And I, if I'm riding, honestly, I, I want to look as though I'm a little bit stylish. I wanna, I just want to look as though I belong on the road. You don't want to be one of those guys who's riding along in baggy shorts, and you need to have tight and, and, and the correct fitting shoes. But he didn't have the correct fitting shoes and I didn't have a bike. And so I was I was there rocking some size thirteens. But I tell you what, we we got up at uh we got down there Friday, Saturday morning, we must have got up at about seven. We got outside, I chucked on the shoes, we went for a ride from from Lawn down to Wye River. A good time of the day to do it as well. I think if you're gonna be a cyclist, I think early morning is the time to do it. I understand why they get out there early. I'm not 100% sure why swimmers train so well. Cyclists make sense based on the fact that a cyclist obviously has to go and get it done because the less cars that are on the road, the the safer they are. But a swimmer, they, I mean, the pools is... I've never seen a train or a bus cross a swimming pool. There'd be a YouTube video out there where it does, but I'm saying in my own experience, it's, it's never happened. And Man, I tell you, if you're anywhere else in the world, you, you'd... You would froth yourself at the Great Ocean Road. I, It's one of those places now that because I've, I've driven down it quite a few times, I've seen it at its best, I just take it so for granted. But it was one of those moments that we got out there, we were having a laugh, I was riding along looking like a clown on a bike in my size 13 shoes, and oh man, the ocean was spectacular. It was it was just the way I'm speaking right now. I'm glad that girl who served us on the first night wasn't there because it's a, it would have further entrenched her idea that I was a little gay man but I tell you what, it was it was probably the most, most romantic thing that I'd ever done with uh, with my mate Jocker. I'm his best man as well, so I had to I had to turn it up a little bit. I had to make sure that we were putting on a good show. And uh, I'm, it's scary on bikes to be honest, because the Great Ocean Road it's quite it's quite undulating. Like there's plenty of ups and downs. And it was we were out there on a, a fairly wet morning. It wasn't raining, but the night before it had pissed down raining. And uh, it's twisting and turning and it's up and it's down. And I was so embarrassed about how far he was getting ahead of me on the downhills because I was every downhill I would just take with a break. I think I'm a cautious kind of a person. For someone who's, you know, relatively, I guess I'm a risk taker, which is, it doesn't seem to make sense when you put it like that. Like I'm a bit of a risk taker, but I'm also quite cautious. I was going down at a pace that I was so embarrassed to be seen going down a hill at. And then he would surge on the uphill and I had to try and catch him. He's 95 kilos at the moment though, so I was doing my best. We we put in a couple of surges. He he held his own very well. Like I I was actually quite impressed. I'm speaking as though I probably could have had him covered, but the truth is, uh the truth is I think if he had a surge for any longer than he did, he would have he would have broken away from me without too much difficulty. But we you know, we got on the bike and the truth was my My vanity, my fear around being seen in these size 13 shoes were, it was for nothing because no one was out there at all. No one was out on the Great Ocean Road at 7 in the morning because people appreciate sleep-ins. I don't want to get more dirty at my best, mate, but the truth is uh, we've got kids at home and uh, sleep-ins are are a valuable asset. And if you've got a weekend awake, don't don't wake me up at 7 so I can go for a bike ride. But I also get it because you're your circadian rhythms out a little bit, you're thrown off, your body's set to waking up early, your body just knows, all right, there's going to be a kid crying, I was pretty sure I heard my kid crying when I was up there, I woke up and was like, oh my gosh, he's not even here, like how much of the noise that my kid makes is purely psychological, I mean, uh, my psychology, versus how much noise is he actually making, I'm i am like, he's not even home right now, and if I listen carefully enough, I could hear him cry, we got off the bike at white river had a coffee i think that's the part of cycling that cyclists have right the in the running world a, a coffee in your stomach's not ideal because it's going to it's going to make you it's going to make you need to go to the toilet real bad in the next 20 minutes of running because there's obviously your bladder's copping it's copping a hiding your di- digestive system's getting whacked whenever you go out for a run and so you can't be having too many coffee break stops on a on a long bike ride. But when you're out on a bike, it's nice to do It's nice to mix it up. It's just a. I don't know, it's a it's a really valuable. It's a it's a valuable, it's a little plus to the cycle. We were only out there for I think we were out there for an hour and a half. We did I think it was maybe I think we did 36k. Which on a bike, I know you cyclists are gonna say that's nothing, and it's not. It's not much compared to what some of you do, but when you're not used to being out on a bike, my my ass cheeks were so sore. It was actually even more than than just the ass cheeks. It wasn't. It wasn't so much the cheeks as much. It, it's like the. It's the. I'm not sure of the technical name, but it's just the bum bone essentially. It's just that bone just under, and I don't have much of an ass. Sorry to get you excited, ladies. Do you know what I mean? It's. Uh, I don't have much of a, a cute little i got a cute little bum, but it's cute because there's not much of it. And so when I sit down on a bike seat, I can sit down there for 10 minutes and my, my ass feels like it's about to fall off, the actual bone part. I think the problem for me is when I'm out on the bike, I, I had a friend. It's actually the cousin of my best mate, so the cousin of the bloke that I was away with. He... He was dating this chick years ago. They'd broken up and a couple of years later, he still followed her on Facebook. She posted this absolutely horrific photo of herself. She'd been hit by a car on her bike and it was it was just, it was gruesome. There was no need to post it. Like it was, I feel uptight just speaking about it to you right now. It was, it was one of those photos that you see and you go, okay, well, I, my life would have been just as good if I hadn't have seen that. In fact, I would make an argument that it would have been better. It's like that, did you ever see that website back in the early 2000s? It was called rotten.com. and it was just tragic accidents from around the world. It was it was just the corpse of someone who'd been hit by a train or someone who had jumped off a building or someone who had lost an arm and it was thank God the, the internet system back in the early 2000s didn't allow for videos because I can only imagine I'm sure they did, but the, the internet that we had it wasn't I don't think I think it was an entry level. I think it was an entry level video. And so I just had to look at pictures, and that was enough. Because I I think back to that now, I go, well, that was doing nothing for my for my mind. I'm I'm pretty sure that I shouldn't have been looking at that. And this Facebook post, it was essentially just a flashback to these rotten photos. So constantly, I I had that on my mind when I was when I was out on the uh, when I was out on the bike ride. It was it was just not nice. It wasn't super enjoyable. It wasn't super enjoyable just to to have that stuck in your head. And I think that's why I was being so cautious, especially because I know the reputation that cyclists have. Have you guys? I'm actually quite a patient driver. I'm a very patient driver, really. I I, I actually get in trouble quite often by my wife because I'll here in Australia, if you're in the the left-hand lane, that's the slow lane. Like you Americans, if you're in the right-hand lane, obviously that's where you do the overtaking. Is that right? Have I got that right? No, in the States, yeah, you overtake on your left. In Australia, you overtake on the right. So I'm often getting in trouble for just sitting in the... uh, in the left-hand lane here. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy-go-lucky, pretty cruisy. If there's a cyclist ahead of me, I'll give them the time of day. Even if they're riding three wide because they want to have a conversation with each other, I, I'm not sure why it doesn't ruffle my feathers too much. But I've got friends and family who that, it's for them it's one of the most uh, difficult experiences that they're going to face maybe even that week. So I was just praying that, uh, you know, karma would, karma would, play its part and the, the the people in the cars behind us weren't going to be assholes about it and who's going to be an asshole surely seven thirty on a saturday morning like you're in a pretty good mood aren't you you're up because you're having coffee or breakfast if it was more of a late night thing it's not like an angry drunk they don't have any no one's angry coming home from bacon and eggs for breakfast are they no one's stressed because they're going out for a coffee that morning so surely uh Surely that holds up. It, it appeared to hold up as well, because we didn't really have any trouble. There, were, there was no trouble whatsoever, actually. And the next day we went for a we went for like a 7K trail run through the through the bush there. We finished off at Lawn Beach. If you haven't seen Lawn Beach, I think Lawn's one of those. It's one of those spots that's just. It's just beautiful. You could happily live there. It's built on like a. On like the side of a mountain, there's just trees and it looks like cubby houses everywhere. Every house there looks like a cubby house. And some of the houses on the drive, in you know, they're, they're just, they're hard to believe that they're actual real houses. They're so big. I don't know where people get money from. I don't know where people get that kind of money from anyway. They, they seem to, uh, they've either inherited a whole heap of money or they've invested really well or they all just run, uh, you know, a top company on the ASX skew Metals, maybe. Maybe a little bit of BHP. I'm not sure. But every time I look at a house like that, I go, ah, someone's doing well. Someone's done something well when it's come to money. Well, even if it is inheritance, good on your family for holding on to that. Good on your family for building that to give to you. It was, uh, was impressive. And, and you can really appreciate it most. There's no better place to appreciate lawn than if you're paddled out in the water on a surfboard at the main beach there, just looking back at the main street Looking up at the mount, a beautiful, little bit of an overcast day. Sunday morning, this was. I got my boardies on. My friend and I jock up. We went for a swim. Maddie decided just to stay at the uh, at the shoreline. The run was enough for him. Went back to the hotel. Had a sauna because we're not gay. It's what a couple of straight men do to each other. They have a spa bath and a sauna together, talking and laughing, reminiscing on their relationship of twenty one years. It's a sure sign that you're not a gay man when you're enjoying a sauna with one of your very best friends is, is what I've always said. No one comes into a sauna and sees two men sitting next to each other flamboyant and expressively communicating their ideas about the future and thinks they're a couple of homosexuals. <laughs> no, I'm justified. The fact is that we walked in there together and there was already a man just sitting there trying to enjoy some peace and quiet and he had that look on his face like, oh, I hope these boys aren't after a threesome. Look, I I wonder, I wonder why the podcast goes in the direction that it does sometimes as well, but it, it does. But that cold water swim, Sunday morning, let me just, let me just move right on from the sauna stories because I've, you know, every now and then I think Freud would say that someone like me, just continually letting these little comments slip, he would go, for sure this guy's a closet homosexual. And I mean, I'm not going to completely rule it out. I had a mate who was married to a woman years ago, broke up with her to go out with a guy. That was a shock to the system. Personally, I think that would be the hardest breakup because you would take it personally. Like his wife, what was what was she thinking? She was a lovely girl, beautiful girl. Jess, I think her name was as well, actually. She so lovely. And her husband broke up with her because he, uh, you know, he wanted to mix up the menu, as they say. I reckon bisexuals are just greedy when you think about it. A bisexual, it's just someone who, who they, they go to the ice cream shop, they want vanilla and chocolate. It's like, just choose. Just choose. They go. No, I can't help it. Okay, mate. Okay, mate. I've seen those TV shows where the fat lady talks about how she just can't help herself. She has to have all the flavors. It, 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 stop having all the flavors. Just, just choose. Make a decision. You can't be going. I like boys. I like girls. I want a boy. I want. A, I want them all. Chuck them. You can. But I'm just saying, you're greedy. All right. You can't be. Uh, you can't be doing all that at, at the same time. You just. Some of us have trouble just getting the one. And I don't wanna I don't wanna project my frustrations onto you, but the truth is you need to you need to get a grip. <laughs> you need to get a hold of yourself. You don't need to get a hold of yourself because you've got plenty of options of people who could do the holding for you, am I right? But what I'm saying is you just gotta get your life together. Stop stop justifying it. You're greedy. It's all it is. Anyone ever tells you they're bisexual, just go, mate, you uh, you need to get your greed in you need to get your greed in order. This is despicable. You should be ashamed of yourself. You don't need to be ashamed of yourself, but I just mean, I mean, maybe you do need to be ashamed of yourself. Maybe you need to have a good look at yourself in the mirror and go, all right, sausages or tacos? <laughs> That's, what am I, 12? Uh, no, I'm 35, but it's still, I, this is what I'm realizing. I'm never gonna get to a point where I grow out of these kind of jokes. Like a sausage and taco joke, hilarious. Hilarious to me. You've just turned the podcast off. It wasn't that funny to you, but if you're still here, hey, we're here together. Consider yourself high five, <laughs> huh? Consider me giving you a flamboyant little little man hug on the shoulders, just whispering in your ear. How funny are we? Because I'm not a homosexual. That's just what, that's just what a couple of straight boys do, isn't it? This is what the boys do when they're together. I tell you what, you got to probably be careful. I'm, as I said, I'm 35 now. I've been going to the gym for. Uh, I've been going to this this gym uh, up the road for for probably six months. I changed it during the the lockdown thing. Went to Jets because uh, they weren't as curious about the vaccine status, and they just let me they just let me go because because capitalism is king, baby. If uh, you're getting too low on clients, you can't be asking the unvax to show their vaccine status and miss out on their money. And so I got in there, and ever since I went there was a there's a chick there. She looked she every time I got there I admired her because I was like she looks fit, like she worked hard, and she's one of those one of those chicks who just like she just goes you know those people when you see them in the gym they're having a crack they're not just there it's not just like a little social outlet she is working hard she's constantly sweating comes in with with different layers of shirts to wear like she got the long sleeve to warm up she's got the short sleeve and then she got the bikini top almost just to say I'm here to, I'm ready to go and th- this chick is jacked absolutely jacked and she was telling me the other day that she she can she's just started running late last year and she's been running under uh, under 40 minutes for 10k on the treadmill, which as a bloke from the running world, I can really appreciate. I understand how hard that is to do. Anyway, the other day, she's quite pretty, like very pretty girl. I was having a good chat to her the other day and uh, I was asking her about her running and whether she had a background in that. She's like, no, no, I, I, I haven't really had a, a background or, or whatever. And um, I said, Oh, you, you should look at it because, uh, you know, you obviously, you move well. And, and I was trying to say it from the perspective of a running coach, not in a creep. And I don't think she took it necessarily as like a creepy guy. I don't know. But then I was trying to gauge like, all right, how accurate is what I'm saying? Because obviously if she's just in her early twenties, I was guessing she was about 26 or 27, which for a marathon runner, I was like, yeah, sweet. Now you're fine. Like you've got heaps of time to, to be able to work with that. So I said, how old are you? And she goes, I'm 15. I'm and I was like, Oh, and immediately, immediately, I realised that uh, you you can't be too careful, fellas. If I had a seen this, year, I used to be a, a secondary school teacher, and there were girls, no joke, there were girls in year nine sometimes. That if I if I saw them out, and they were dressed up, makeup on, whatever. Actually, even at school, if I didn't know them, I would assume uh, year twelve. But if I had a seen them out, yeah, girls, it's 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 quite insane. I. I momentarily felt very sorry for those older men who speak to younger girls. Because for me, I just assume everyone's round about the same age as me. I'm like, you know what? I'm 35. She's probably mid-20. We're about the same. And so I have a chat to her. Every time I go to the gym, I say hello. And she always seems a little bit shy. Like, not standoffish, but a little bit... I just thought she was like a little bit quirky, maybe. Not that there's anything wrong with quick. What I've realized, is she's probably just thinking, this is this 35-year-old guy coming into the gym. Mum's just chopped me off and now I have to put up with this guy's bullshit. I thought we were friends. I thought she was my mate. And maybe she is. But I was having a good chat to her just in the gym before I found out all this stuff. And no, it was after, actually. It was after I found out all this stuff. Because, you know, when you when you realize someone's 15, I, my mindset just, I didn't want to keep talking to her on the same level. I, I wanted to speak to her like she was one of those students. I started to go, you know what? Mia, you, you're training well, like your training's gone very well, you just, you keep up the hard work, and you know, it pays off, make sure you take some rest days, <laughs> like the, the gym owner just came past me, he's looking at me like this, like who's this cr-? but it, it makes you, it makes you feel sorry for those older men who speak to the younger chicks, I think, because they, they probably have that same vibe that I had, that, uh, you know what, like, because you, you forget that you're getting older a little bit, my nan used to always say it, she used to always say, look, I'm 83 on the outside, but inside I'm still 22. I was like, that's disgusting. I don't want to know what you did as a 22-year-old. But I can imagine it's true. I don't feel any older than I did when I was 21. And to be fair, that's both physically and mentally, because I, I, I obviously I work out. I feel fantastic physically. So I get confused when people come up and they... I remember at the footy club a few years ago, one of the blokes was like, yeah, I'm getting on. I'm 29. I go, mate, shut up. Do some stretches. Have an ice bath. I listened to the Rich Roll podcast the other day. He had a 100-year-old on there. And on the run on Sunday, my mate Jocker said to me, he goes, hey, there wouldn't be too many people, 35, who could go out for a run like this. And I was like, yeah, well, maybe. But you're also speaking about us like we're very old. I heard this centurion talk about his training schedule. Twice a week, just a couple of years ago, he was running 10 miles, <laughs> 16 kilometers. As a 98-year-old, because he was trying to train for the marathon, he goes, oh, my knees are getting a bit sore now, so I just do five miles twice a week. But if you're 100, Running five miles a week. What excuse do I have? I've got nothing. I've got nothing that I contribute to that. It's, a. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. That's pretty impressive though, isn't it? A hundred years old and and busting out that many k's a week. It's it's quite inspiring. Anyway. Hey, I, uh, I, I made a phone call to a friend the other day. It was a... Uh, Last Wednesday, actually, I called a mate just to see how he's going. And he goes, Hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? I said, No, nah, not much. He goes, I'm going for a 33 kilometer walk. I said, Cool. He's like, Do you want to come? And I was like, Well, I wish you had texted me this. If you had just texted me this, I would, have had, I would have had half an hour to be able to think about why I can't come. But now that you've got me, you've peer pressured me. I've just told you I don't really, I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Now I've got no excuse apart from I'm a pussy. And so he goes, come and join us, mate. We're gonna go out for a thirty-three-kilometer walk. We walked from uh, we walked from Torquay, uh, yeah, Torquay over that way to pretty much my front door. Thirty-three kilometers. Started at five thirty in the morning. Bloody, bloody good, actually. Really good. We got there. My mate had the headlamp on. Uh, he was with another friend, uh, Sammy, I think was his name. Really good guy. Spoke about comedy the whole way. It was just, it was just fun, man. Like it was. five and a half hours worth I I could have timed I could have planned my meals a little bit but I just packed a peanut butter sandwich and a and a banana but it was not we stopped off in Barwon Heads for a little coffee along the way and then uh, from Barwon Heads to Ocean Grove we're on the soft sand of the beach Uh, sorry from Barwon Heads to to Point Lonsdale so it was like 10 kilometers on the beach the tide was coming in as well so we had to be back up on the soft sand and man it's I think for those of you out there who who just feel like you don't get a whole heap of time with your friends, I recommend a, a massive walk. It doesn't necessarily have to be thirty-three kilometers, but we didn't have the phones out. We were just we were just chatting. My mate he um he runs a, a business called Effortless Swimming, and he's doing he's doing phenomenally well. <laughs> he's doing exceptionally well, and it was it was just a good opportunity to be able to pick his brain because obviously I have a, I got a running business called Relaxed Running where I do the coaching and. Uh, really fascinated in just finding out oh, how do we build this? How do we make this more effective? How do we make it better and for poor bugger? I had six hours of just firing questions to him about what it is that he does But you go you after six hours or after three hours. You've got no more small talk left So you just you just kind of find yourself Just delving down into into deep stuff. It felt a little bit therapeutic Because we started so early we, uh, we were done by 12. I got like a, a quiche pie And a coffee. I didn't need it. That was my third coffee at lunchtime. I started to get the... I'm the kind of guy... If I have three coffees in a day, especially in a small period, what is it now? It's uh, 2.13. I've had two coffees today. I reckon that's on my threshold of enough. If I start having more than than two coffees, I get that real... I feel like a little bit queasy, a little bit sick. So I had my third coffee this day at... um, just before 12 but it was also good because I discovered some of the back streets of or some of the back paths of, of Point Lonsdale and man there's some some real pretty places around here especially at the back of uh, we've got the front beach at Point Lonsdale and then the back beach the back beach I, I wasn't as familiar with there's like a thick there's thick trees all along the all along the ocean then you've got the sand then the water but behind those trees there's like massive grasslands that you can walk through and as a runner i was I was getting a little bit excited so uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna plan that as well. The re- he did that because he had, um uh, he just read a book called The Comfort Crisis, and he was talking about how apparently so many of us are, we just live such comfortable lives. He wanted to start doing things that, that just shake him up a little bit, that, that that mess his system up a bit. That just throws a little spanner in the works of your your day to day routine. I get it. I mean, I'm in front of the computer a lot through the day, so so getting outside and um, you know just being able to experience a, a little bit of that difficulty is good. It's nice. I think I get enough of that difficulty, to be honest, at stand-up comedy, but it's not like a physical difficulty, it's more a, an emotional difficulty that I'm working with. Like the other day, I, uh, oh dude, so I did this gig up in Altham the other night, last, oh it was the same day I did the walk. I did the walk, came home, and then at like three o'clock I drove up to Altham, which is like a two and a half hour drive from here, I thought I'll do a gig here, this would be fun. I'll bust out a I'll bust out a nice little gig, open mic comedy. This particular room they mix music with, uh, they mix music with the comedy, and and it's a it's a bit of a it's kind of a random vibe at the best of times. But the other night there was there was no audience. We were in it. We were in a small room, and in the back corner there were six year fifty-year-old guys. I'd assume fifty to sixty-year-old guys just sitting there. They were just catching up. They were having a meal. They had no idea that comedy was about to take place, that music was about to take place, that anything was going to be happening. And and so you feel like, yeah, what are you supposed to do? This is what the open mic comedy scene is. This is why it's difficult because you go to a room like that and these people don't want to hear your stupid jokes. They don't want to hear what you've got to say. And so the MC, who's bloody lovely, she's fantastic. She got up on stage. She just got there. She set up the PA. And she goes, oh, Hey, fellas, there's, it's open mic time now. So uh, the first act's Tyson, and no one applauded, which is always an interesting vibe. When you, go up, when you get up to a stage and there's no applause, you go, well, no one wants to be here, because at least they can at least fake being a little bit happy. It's not that hard to fake being a little tiny bit happy, I don't think. And they didn't even, they didn't even. So I was up on stage. I'm not kidding. The first 30 seconds, they didn't even look at me. They just kept talking. I had to interrupt their conversation. Say, hey, fellas, I'm so sorry. I've got jokes I want to tell you. They're like, hey, mate, sorry, we're just trying to catch up. I was like, well, this is, what do I do now? Do I, I've driven two and a half hours to be here. Do I just get off stage and accept that? I was well, I pushed a bit harder. I said, look, honestly, if you're not pissing yourself by the end of this first joke, I'll take what you're saying seriously. One of the guys, in the, it was just not a fun vibe. One of the guys like, oh, all right, mate, say your joke. If you're funny, we'll laugh. And then he just went on his phone for my entire set. And I kind of respected it, actually. I kind of was like, well, kid, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to, this guy's just out, he, he, he's just out with his mates having a bit of fun. He, he probably hadn't seen him for six months. He probably hadn't seen him. He wanted to catch up with his buddies and he got some dickhead with a microphone just uh, out... You know, out voluming you. Tough scene, the old open mic comedy. So I left that venue, and I thought, well, what do I do? This is the question, and, and there was no, there was no answer. It was just, it was just the question, which was, which was concerning. <laughs> That I'll, I went down to a place called uh, I went down to a place called Bunny in Saint Kilda. I thought this set will make it perfect. I'll ju- I'll finish the night like this and and then I'll just go home. It was the same vibe. I walked in there and there was two people. They were just shit faced and not there for comedy. So I got up on stage and and they just heckled me for for five or ten minutes. <laughs> that's that's all it was. I got up on stage, got abused, and went home. That's what stand-up comedy is. If anyone wants to know about open mic comedy, what? If, okay, here's what happened. You get up on stage, you have people who don't really want to hear what you have to say, abuse you, perhaps throw things at you. You finish your five minutes, drive home and go, all right, I'll try that again tomorrow. <laughs> Hopefully it goes better. That's why it's funny. You do open mic for a long enough period of time and then you hear someone get off stage and you see they didn't get many laughs, but you said, hey, how did you do? And they go, I absolutely smashed. I go, well, what gave you that perspective that you smashed? Because what I saw and what you just expressed, you experienced are very, very different things. And, uh, yeah, I, I think you just got to appreciate that when someone's been exposing themselves to the, to the pain that, you know, open mic comedy can be sometimes, your standards can drop a little bit. I saw a night, one night, I was in St Kilda at a place called Apartment. And there was a guy on stage and the Hare Krishnas were coming past doing their music and dance. And for whatever reason, they came past the door and the bloke on stage was like, come in. And so about 20 of these Hare Krishnas came in. It was actually an amazing vibe. Got up on stage, started dancing, started doing these. It was incredible. And then left like nothing, like nothing happened. They left like it was completely normal behavior. They're trying to sell us of a Bhagavad Gita cuz they got to fund their lifestyle somehow. I didn't want one because I knew it came with catches. You had to go on their email list and things like that. I just wanted to dance. I didn't know there was I didn't know there was strings attached. So it's a fine craft as well, trying to figure out how to, how to weave your way out of those awkward conversations, isn't it? We had a bloke down here at the near the cafe, near Pasquini's. He was outside IGA, and he was trying to get you to donate to the Surf Life Saving Club. And they have to, like an open mic comedian trying to get the attention of six blokes in the corner, they have to break the ice somehow. So he goes to me, he goes, oh, who's this good looking bloke? And that's, that's a bloody way that you're going to get me. If you If you leave any comment on my looks that's positive, you're going to have my attention. Because I'm not a homosexual, I just appreciate that kind of thing is What I'm saying, and this guy was handsome, so come from him it meant more. And he goes, oh, "Okay, mate, look, I don't, I don't know how to not talk to you now. You've just, you've said I'm handsome. I want to offer you whatever I can offer you, you know, uh, in terms of monetary value. Do you know what I mean?" Because he was unzipping his fly. Oh, really? This is a bloody bargain. I'm so glad I said it. I said, "Do your pants back up, you freak." I was talking money, and uh, even then, I shouldn't have said that because the truth is, I didn't want to contribute. I just want to go to Pasquini's, do my work and, and come home. But you got to be good. Like people who can weave their way out of those kind of conversations with those people. Uh, I think I think the best way to do it is if you have like a, um, like if you just want to lie to the face of someone trying to help out a, disenfranch- a, a, a a kid's life who is, it's not going as well as what you'd like it to. The best way to do it is say you already support them. Like what's a sponsor child network? Sponsor child. Like what? We used to use one called Compassion. I think we, I think we still do. As I said, my wife takes care of all that. I'm not sure if we sponsor a kid. I don't know. But whenever I have someone come up to me and go, "Mate, would you like to help us?" I, go, I already sponsor a child. They're like, "We're looking for donations for the Bowls Club to stay open." I said, like, right, I just want you to know, I'm sponsoring a kid. All right, I'm already doing a little bit. I'm doing my part. I'm trying to help. How does that help the Bowls Club? I don't know, but I just want you to know that I, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing what I can." Oh, anyway, I mean, best thing about being back in Australia, the coffee. I told you guys in America, it's almost impossible to order a coffee there. I didn't know how to do it. I had an experience one day, I went into the local cafe. I said, hey, I just want a coffee, but I want it in an 8-ounce cup, not a 12-ounce cup, because 12 ounces is too much. And she goes, oh, sorry, we only serve them in 12-ounce cups, so I guess I'll just do that. I go, well, could you put it in a 12-ounce cup, but just give me 8 ounces worth of coffee? And she's like, I am I don't think we're allowed to do that. I'm. Not, well, yeah, I think we have to fill it right. I, just, I I just want a yummy coffee. Just fill it. So she gave me a 12 I just poured a little bit out. I go, that's eight ounces. She goes, not my problem. i still got my job, dickhead. Go enjoy it. Anyway, love being back. I've got to be careful what I say here because uh, I went to my kid's daycare the other day and the uh, uh, one of my kid's daycarers came up to me. And she goes, you know what? After a stressful day, I love listening to sit down. I love sitting down and listening to the pop culture podcast. I said, oh my God, I'm pretty sure I've made calls about uh, reception stuff." Here before not being very nice to me. I really hope you didn't hear that episode. I'm really praying that you didn't hear that episode because, you know, we have to look at each other every day. She also goes to my church. Lovely lady, Kate. I love Kate. Kate, if you're listening, it was a massive compliment to me, and I've uh, I've realised that now we go to church together. I probably should watch my tongue a little bit more on this. Uh, it's like, you've got to be careful in situations like that because people, when you go to church, you've got to be lovely face-to-face, but then when everyone's trying to get out of the car park at the end and there's like a little bit less emotional connection, you can just see the faces of the uh, of the congregation getting a little bit tense, like, I want to scream at this guy to get out of my fucking way, but I can't because I'm at church. But if we were at Safeway right now, there'd be trouble. Anyway, so that's about all that's going on. Watching the Carlton, the Blue Boys, well, oh, Dave, you didn't see that game no matter where you are in the world, type in Carlton versus Melbourne last two minutes. If you're American, hey, let me welcome you to the AFL world. My team's Carlton. This was for us to make the finals for the first time in nine years. Uh, I won't spoil it, but I'll just let you know I was very, very disappointed with the outcome. And now our only way to make finals is to beat Collingwood, who's I mean, they've just ended the 11, 12-week winning streak. They got beaten by Sydney. So that that hopefully softens them up a little bit for us. But that game will be taking place on Sunday. So pray to Jesus for me that the old Carlton crew can get through to the finals because it's been a little while. But wait, I'm going to leave it there. Guys, so good to chat to you again. If you're not subscribed over at YouTube, go do it. Come on. like Lift the, lift the game. Lift the game. Come and help a brother out. And also, like the amount of work that goes into looking good and visually for you guys is. uh you know, it's hard to justify if you just listen to the audio. So jump on over. Oi, you have a great rest of your week. I will see you next Wednesday, I guess. Hopefully Carlton will be in the finals. As I said, say you press for well, Until then, I'll see you later, ladies and gentlemen. This has been Pop Culture Podcast. Goodbye.